When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Neil Zacharias, and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. This episode is part of a series of episodes specifically anchored around Plant-Based World Expo 2022. It is presented by Plant-Based World Expo and has been produced in collaboration with Plant-Based World Expo. If you haven't heard already, Plant-Based World Expo is the must-attend 100% plant-based trade show designed exclusively for food service and retail professionals, distributors, investors, and manufacturers. Now in its third year, Plant-Based World Expo is where you'll discover innovative plant-based products, hear from industry leaders and pioneers, and connect with the right people from the trade. And you'll be the first to sample mouth-watering plant-based food from groundbreaking US-based and international companies. Here's why I think this episode is timely and critical. We are around two and a half years since the start of the pandemic and emerging from it with some hard lessons learned as we collectively battle a multitude of challenges. That being said, the outlook for the plant-based foods industry continues to be optimistic And the data from the past two years shows that consumer interest in plant-based eating has never been higher. But in these strange and uncertain economic times, growth is not guaranteed. And that's why the industry needs to come together now more than ever to chart a clear course forward to ensure any choke points and bottlenecks are cleared to create a path to sustain growth. First and foremost, this involves retail and food service buyers understanding the array of products on the market and how they can leverage plant-based foods to drive their revenue objectives while meeting their sustainability commitments. But it's going to take a lot more than just that. Given this context, I think the Plant-Based Foods Association's new strategic vision, coupled with their partnership with Plant-Based World Expo, can play a pivotal role in ensuring we don't falter at this critical stage. Instead, we need to help all stakeholders in the plant-based food space achieve their maximum potential this year and in the years to come. Today, we're going to discuss what the Plant-Based Foods Association and Plant-Based World Expo are doing independently and collaboratively to make this year's Plant-Based World Expo not just an event, but also a new starting point for what's next for this industry. This isn't just about another trade show connecting buyers with brands. It is about working together to seize this moment for the future of the industry and potentially our food system. My guests on this episode are Julie Emmett, the Senior Director of Marketplace Development for the Plant-Based Foods Association, and Sabina Vyas, Senior Director, Impact Strategies for the Plant-Based Foods Association. And my co-host for this episode is Ben Davis, VP of Content at Plant-Based World Expo. 
I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Eat for the Planet podcast. I am excited to welcome Ben Davis as my co-host for this episode. Ben, how are you today? Hey, Neil. Great to be here. Glad to get this one started. And we have two guests on today. So we have Julie Emmett and Sabina. So I am so excited for this conversation. I feel like um, we do this on an ongoing basis every few weeks, uh, but this is the first time we're going to have it recorded. So the pressure is on. People are listening to us right now. Uh, Ben, why don't we start off, um, like, let's go back a bit to the days when we first got started uh, in terms of thinking through what plant-based world would look like back in 2019. It's 2022 now, obviously. (laughs) We've come a long way and we've had some ups and downs in the last couple of years. Uh, Given we're at this interesting point in the plant-based food industry, how are you feeling about the progress made by plant-based world and the place where you find yourselves uh, right now uh, in this time in this space? You know, no, we we feel we're in a really exciting spot. And obviously, you've been a part of it since the very beginning. And of course, our friends here from PBFA, who you'll be meeting in a moment, have as well. So we can share, you know, a, a unique perspective on how the, the space has evolved and how our event has has grown to fulfill kind of our role within that space and alongside our partners. Um you know, we've come a long way as as an event, right? You remember in the beginning we had some different aspects like healthcare and consumer involved in the show. Um, we've been following the industry very closely and learning more that our need is to fill more of a B2B role and to connect our community of companies that are selling plant-based products, these companies that many of which are a part of the Plant-Based Foods Association, uh, to help them accomplish their goals of meeting buyers and to get their products onto shelves and menus, which was, of course, a piece of our business and mission off the bat, but now it's become our full focus. And so we're excited to dive more into that in this podcast today and, and this series that we're going to be doing to highlight the upcoming conference here in New York in September. And when you look back at, say, 2019, did you, uh, did you envision this the direction we were going to go in? I guess there's no way to know that, right? Because things, plans changed. And uh, I, I was more of a proponent of we need to double down on the business side. So selfishly, I think, I'm, uh, I, think we got, I got what I wanted. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the other aspects of the show were not important. But the industry really has changed in the last few years. And I think the, this would have probably ended up being the natural progression, even if it wasn't for the pandemic. If anything, maybe it accelerated it. You know, it, it, mm. the last couple of years forced everyone to figure out who they are in, from, in every sense of the word, right? So us as a business, um, we had a very specific challenge a, a year and a half ago when we were postponing our show where we had to consider a world where what if we can hold our show, but we can only have X amount of people in the building. Luckily, that didn't happen. We were able to hold a show that had packed aisles so much so that the fire marshal had to come and check on us in 2021. That's a bit of a a miracle accomplishment. So we're grateful for that. But we had to do this thought experiment at the beginning of the year. What if we can hold our show? But they say you can only have 2000 people through the doors. And it became very clear to us upon asking ourselves that question that if we want to still be able to provide value to the companies that will be exhibiting at this show in a situation where our audience has to be limited, it, it became clear who we want in the doors. And those were those key buyers from the retail and food service space the distribution world, and then you know anyone who would really be a high-value attendee to those customers of ours who are the companies that are exhibiting. Um, and so, you know, as much as we loved having 
the doctors and the healthcare community there and opening the doors to the consumers and the influencers and more of the general public. It, it wasn't, those pieces were not the, the key folks that are vast community of companies uh, sponsoring and investing in the show were needing to see to get that value. Um, and, and that kind of led us to, hey, let's let's do what we do best as a B2B trade show company and deliver that audience and really hone in on what our, our community of companies is looking to get out of the show and, and deliver that to them. So let's bring in uh, Plan-Based Foods Association into this conversation. So Sabina, I'm going to start with you. Um, what, why do you think this partnership with PBFA and Plan-Based World is um, of strategic importance? Uh, what are the reasons for that? Yeah, thanks, Neil. Uh, strategically, the partnership with Plant-Based World made a lot of sense. Um, our goal is to foster a thriving plant-based food industry and uh, with, the, with our members being at the core, our members and the industry. And this opportunity with Plant-Based World showed us that we could offer our members an in-person event that would provide them access to both retail and food service buyers and have them get a chance to sample their foods and be in community with each other. Uh, I can take a step back and share a little bit about how it all started and how it made sense from the very beginning. Our team was approached by Plant-Based World, specifically Ben back in 2018, and his passion and JD Events deep event planning experience showed through. And we, we were excited that we would be able to grow as an association to expand into having an event. So we see this as our official trade uh, show for PBFA. And it was really that first show that cemented that feeling. Our board member at the time, the COO of Follow Your Heart, Martin Kruger, predicted that plant-based world would be the main trade show for plant-based food companies in the future and that other trade shows would diminish in importance for this industry because it was so powerful in that first year. And I think that that energy carried through. So even as there was, we had to postpone the show a year and a half, I think that energy carried us through. And th there was an opportunity for uh, people to connect via online, but we were excited about meeting in person, but also curious about how it was gonna be a year and a half later than we had anticipated. Um, and when we came together, what that feeling was that the excitement, the inspiration and the buzz that was felt in that showroom um, was even louder than it was in 2019. And we uh, were just really excited because we had a successful 2021 show with Plant-Based World. And in 2022, we're deepening our partnership. We're really taking a step back and looking at our shared goals of wanting this industry to thrive. and rooting it in our values. So bringing our, our why to the forefront of why we're doing this work, why our members and the industry is doing this work, why the buyer community is excited about this um, industry and really doubling down. What are we going to, how can we make this show even better than last year? So really excited as a trade association to be partnering with Plant-Based World and bringing this show, you know, being a partner to bring this show in this uh, coming year. And I can just add to that, Nil, you know, from the, the plant-based world perspective, I really appreciate everything that Sabina just shared and the, the partnership that we've been forming. It really has been a process um, for great reasons, of course, starting with coming together as two groups who didn't know of each other. Uh, personally, we didn't have a connection at first. We just were doing work in the space and found out about each other. It's a dream as a trade show company to have a partnership with a, an association that represents the industry so that we can be 
lockstep on decisions that, you know, we do what we do best and, and you do what you do best, but together we have a shared goal that we can accomplish more effectively together. Um, and we've both as organizations been getting to know ourselves a lot through this process, um, in particular, an industry that is getting to know itself a lot as we go. So having having friends, right, we're, we're all very much friends now. It's more than just uh, a business relationship that we can we can grow alongside and we can learn from. We can tap into for insight and resources for to gauge the temperature of companies and leaders in the space and what they're looking for and what the, the touch points are. Um, you know, it, it it really does have a nice, uh, mutually beneficial um, energy that that allows us both to further our goals and that shared goal of advancing the industry for the deeper uh, ethical motivations wherever they are, whether it's for the environment or for the the animal welfare or for the health of our families and friends. We all come to this this place and work in this space for some passionate purpose that now together we get to do this grounded work that we can see every time we go to a grocery store or to a restaurant, things are changing. And we feel that as, as professionals, we're able to impact that. And it's, you know, it has a lot of meaning that way. And I feel like together we can, we bring that into reality, you know, through the work that we get to do. I remember 2018, or I think it was 2018 when we first connected it, some people still had doubts of whether this was an industry that actually needed its own trade show, given that there are other trade shows that also tend to cover under their umbrella the the range of plant-based foods that exist out there. And I think back then it was clear to some of us, and maybe not all of us, that the that there was a need, that the industry was just getting started and there was a long way to go. And, and now or then was the time to start to uh, figure out how we can uh, start to define ourselves and separate ourselves from the overall pack of natural foods uh, that has been around for some time. So, I, and I think back then, I don't think any of us could have predicted that the that the space would actually grow this fast, and that you would have you know hundreds and hundreds of brands and some amazing success stories and uh, companies going public and this becoming almost overhyped in the next few years. Um, but anyway, I think it's it, we've come to an interesting point now that uh, perhaps we can look back and, and sort of see how naive we were, but also maybe in some ways uh, had some foresight that this thing was going to be something. We just didn't know exactly how and when. Um, and, and I think now with that experience, hopefully going forward, we can be much more, I say, I think uh, intentional about uh, how we approach what we want to do with this industry. Because now there's no doubt this is an industry. There is There are enough people focused 100% only in the plant-based space. And in fact, everyone else seems to be jumping onto the bandwagon. The question remains is where is this all headed and how can we go? How can we make it go faster, really? If this is a bandwagon, how can we make the whole thing move much faster? No, just to respond with one one example of of how you can see that in, in, in action would be just the types of companies and, and titles and organizations that have, that are excited to engage with us now that maybe were in 2019 when we were first putting this together. You know, we had a lot of passionate plant-based leaders, a handful of whom worked for, for more mainstream corporations who wanted to be a part of our show. But just a year or two later, uh, we launched our London show in, in 2021 as well, which as a, you know, will be probably saved for another episode to really dive into, but we got to have leaders from Nestle 
come and present a keynote where they educated our audience on the uh, unsustainability of the current food system and how plant-based is a, is a major part of this solution. Um, and so to have the biggest food companies in the world wanting to come up and, and share the type of information that maybe used to come more from just the passionate vegans or the advocates uh, is a clear shift and pivot in the mentality and the thought process of of the corporations out there that are that really do influence so much of the buying habits of customers. Speaking of buying habits, maybe we should get into uh, some of the work that Julie does. So yeah, Julie, you know, we've been working on the this program for for years now, but I think this one is maybe the most exciting one yet because I think we have maybe the most direction from our audience of what they want. So let's toss it to you on your thoughts on the creation of the program this year and and how over the last few years this partnership and the programming we've done has benefited the members in the industry. Great to be here. <laughs> um, I I'm, I'm going to take one step back, Ben, and talk about. When we talk about strategy, the marketplace development is a key strategic initiative for um, PBFA. And our partnership has led to the, was fundamental to that growth. And I'm just going to share, and it's going to lead into answering your question. Um, it's one of my my favorite stories about the event. Uh, when we had the the meat director of Hannaford, part of Ahold, which is their sustainability um arm, you know, they're, they're really strong in sustainability as well. Uh, the meat director took it upon himself to attend plant-based world because he said that this was one of the most exciting things that he'd experienced in the meat department in that 30 years. And he, you were kind enough to invite me to speak on a panel, um, of course, about the data, you know, talking about the size and growth of plant-based foods. And he then asked me to come out to their headquarters and speak to their buying teams. And that led to uh, Hannaford really becoming the poster child, you know, adopting so many of the different uh, tactics and strategies that we work on together. We understand where they are in their plant-based food strategy, and then we support them. And the reason I bring this up now, um, one, just to highlight our partnership and how how instrumental it's been in the work that we do, um, that's now led to working with many different retailers. And so when we develop the program, back to your question, we're able to have a really good pulse on what is important and what the industry wants to hear about. So in the conversations that I have with retailers, especially we do that leading up to the event, we ask specifically, what is it that you want to see? And the number one, uh, number one universal independent feedback was innovation and what's next. And how affirming is that? Because that, that is our program and the overarching theme and really a deeper understanding of what lies ahead for the plant-based foods industry. So that that's what we offer. That's what retailers are looking for. And the member brands and brands in the industry get to be a part of that. And a few of the other um, things that retailers are, have on their mind, uh, based on the logistic and labor shortages that we're experiencing, uh, how, how that's impacting supply, for example. Specifically, a retailer asked about domestic supply quality domestic supply. And that happens to be an initiative that PBFA is working on, domestic sourcing. Um, wonderful to be able to see that, to he actually hear directly that that's what um, is on, that's what they're interested in. And then they also want to know the story. They want to know the story that connects with the consumer. Plant-based foods brands are, are experts in being able to create that story um, because we are full of passion and the reasons why 
people purchase plant-based foods. So that story becomes even more relevant for retailers. Uh, we do that's weaved throughout the program. Uh, information about sustainability and envi- the my- environmental impact of plant-based foods. Uh, that's something that we're going to be touching on as well. Always about cost, you know, the, how, how we're managing cost and pricing strategy, especially with inflation. We also have a panel about that. They're interested in uh, nutrition. They're interested in clean label. They're interested in labeling regulations. Uh, having all, you know, specific feedback was that a collection of all vendors in one location, like this might be obvious, but, you know, being able to meet with everyone uh, versus specific one-on-one meetings is just efficient. But the the other key thing was, uh, the feedback was how critical um, the creation of the booth and the sampling, you know, they really want to sample the foods. That's so important, taste and texture of plant-based foods. So getting that right. And I think the Anybody who's exhibited has done an outstanding job. So anybody that comes to the show can absolutely expect that. So that's just a few of the things that uh, that we're hearing from retailers. That's great. I think you touched on something important too as to just why almost in, more in general, our business model in this industry is in, in such a good place, even with the, the craziness that's going on around is because our we're, we are based in human to human connection, right? Our, our event is about meeting in person. We were able to, which we could get into separately, do some cool things over the course of our time, not meeting that also were very effective at advancing the industry. Um, but you can't meet people in person when you're not physically together and you can't sample foods, especially in the way that those companies who are producing those foods want them to be sampled, right? When they're building their own booth, when they're showing up um, in their fullest way possible with their staff, and with their marketing materials, there's such a big difference from just being on a screen and mailing stuff and, and all of that. And so it's just, it's another aspect of this marketplace that lends itself to this kind of in-person tasting, connecting, learning, which we get to kind of build on year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it is worth noting. I, I couldn't agree with you more, of course. And that's that's what we're hearing. Absolutely. And that's that's just the truth. I think it's worth noting the commitment that plant-based world um, with in partnership with PBFA made during the pandemic, you know, just without the ability to meet with buyers, the fact that we were able to, to um, launch plant-based world connect and be able to actively connect brands. We heard from one brand that it was their most successful sales channel for the entire year. Um, and we were able to coach brands and be part of that, that process, especially for emerging brands. So it just, to me, it demonstrates the commitment to the industry, no matter what we're facing. But yeah, what an incredible, um, incredible that we actually get to meet in person. Yes. What I really like, um, when I talk to Julie and the insights I get is that she sees both sides of it. She has a sense of what uh, retailers are thinking about and asking and what are their motivations and what are their goals? Because, you know, often many of the brands that tend to show up at trade shows know some of this, but perhaps they don't have that level of insight. Um, And so to be able to understand who your audience is and what it is they're looking for is obviously should be the first starting point for anyone uh, thinking of exhibiting at the show. But also on the flip side, I think what, what what's amazing about this vantage point you have, Julie, is that you also know what your member companies do and want and what has worked for them. So maybe, is there any specific, I know you, you kind of mentioned one, but is there any tactics or spe- specific things that brands have done in the last 
at previous state trade shows or even in the last year or so that has worked? Any any success stories you can share that could be useful for someone listening? The key feedback that we hear uh, is that they are making very meaningful connections. And <clears throat> we know that the, the quote deals, so to speak, happen on the heels of making these really meaningful connections. And what I'm, I'm most impressed with is the fact that, so members are, you know, they know that they're going to meet with key decision makers. Um, they, they, but their focus is on how to get feedback from and collaborate with retailers in, in their innovation, getting feedback on their, their new items, focusing on speed to shelf, uh, focusing on, um, how to connect with the consumer. Those are all things that they're completely dialed into. I mean, to be able to hear it firsthand from chief growth officers of, of significant brands within the industry, just naturally talking about how important that is. So I, I think we're, we're, you're, we're bringing really strategic minds and, and wanting to collaborate. And that's really important to retailers. They want to have input. They want that sense of urgency. They want, um, to have input, like I said, in, in innovation. And so knowing that they're they're coming prepared for those types of conversations that have resulted in expanded distribution. So I think that's probably, you know, beyond just, you know, a beautiful booth and, and wonderful food, you know, it's it's the mindset that the that the exhibitors bring uh, that is really creating that that success, the outcomes. And Sabina, I know you wear multiple hats at PBFA, but one of them is food service. Uh, obviously, it, food service uh, has faced a lot of challenges uh, during the pandemic. But what seems to, I, at least I'm starting to see signs of, and maybe you can clarify, is that we're starting to emerge out of this this long um, sort of tough period uh, for, for brands that were looking to get into food service prior to the pandemic. And now perhaps are... Uh, I've had the time to recalibrate their their strategies and are looking to get into it in a more meaningful way as things start to reopen across the country and hopefully across the world. What are you seeing so far? Are you seeing any early signs that brands are focusing on a few specific areas? Um, what early momentum or opportunities are out there for, for companies and for food service providers to uh, to maybe make up for what they lost in the last couple of years? Yeah, I think while the pandemic put, you know, forced some companies to pivot away from food service and focus on retail, a lot of these companies have come back. Like you said, they're ready to get their foods in front of distributors, get them in front of food service operators. And I think what they've been really focused on is telling that brand story, like what's unique about their value proposition, what makes them different even within this space. Um, but they've also focused on innovation during this whole time. So they, what they're most excited about is they've either expanded what's worked really well for them or they've really uh, brought on new products that they can't wait to get in front of the distributor or food service. And I mentioned distributor because what's happening is that a lot of these emerging brands um, can't keep up with demand, not because of their manufacturing, but because they can't get into distribution fast enough. So while they went offline or they're just entering the market, it's so ripe now for them to enter, depending on what kind of product they have, especially if it's something new and um, that uh, food service wants to try, they can't keep up. So they're looking to meet distributors at this show and get their, these foods in front of them. A lot of our companies that um, were established 
like, you know, mid-sized companies that had a strong food service footing already uh, were able to continue on with a lot of their key accounts doing food service uh, during the pandemic. And they're looking to grow. So they're looking for new accounts and still to have more opportunities to meet with more food food service operators to get their foods in front of them. So I think that it's um, all given the wide variety of companies that we have in this space, they're all at different levels, but food service is a key area that they want to grow in. And now that we've adjusted, whether it be uh, takeout's a a key key, um, option for food service, then they can still um, have plant-based foods on their menus. So they're excited to have people taste their new option, whatever it may be for this year. And Sabina, follow up there, you know, of course, over the course of this series and then at the show uh, in September, we'll be bringing in a plethora of experts who can touch on the specific different areas and categories where growth is maybe hotter than others or where operators can be focusing their attention to have the most success is there anything you could kind of preview or just off you know, the top of your head from what you receive from your connections within the industry? Are there any categories or, or buckets that, uh, of, of products, types of, types of companies that are having particular success or that food service is looking to be working with right now? I know I can, a- I can add on from, from my perspective and the, uh, the relationships that we have over here, um, but we'd love to get your thoughts. Yeah, I think taking a step back, what's, um, what the pandemic and you know, what's what's been going on in our world last couple of years, companies are increasingly looking to, they have sustainability goals. They know that consumers are picking these foods for sustainability, uh, health or animals, whatever it may be, there's an alignment on corporate social responsibility and what these, uh, what consumers want. And so they know that this is also a key growth area for their companies. So with that marrying the, they are here to learn more about what's, um, what's available. And, we have to take a look at a lot of these bigger companies that are making commitments and being vocal about it. So we know Panera is committed to 50% of their entrees being plant-based in the near future. We're looking at Sodexo, looking at 33% of their options being plant-based. And um, without naming distributors, there's distributors out there who are looking to get to 25% of their plant, uh, their offerings being plant-based by 2025. So you're looking at these broad um, commitments being made by companies and you know that the other companies that are uh, buyers that are going to be here uh, likely have it on their radar. They may have a strategy already in place that we may not know about, or they're looking to, they know that it's an area that they need to create a strategy on. So knowing that that's going to be a driving force for them at this uh, show, they are going to be looking out for um, what companies uh, stand out to them. Uh, what's happened with um, because of the pandemic and beyond uh, other uh, with the wars, that um, we're seeing labor challenges still taking place. So foods and food service that are still easy to prepare and um, that, that those are still really hot right now. They, they've really increased because companies um, in operators may not have the labor force to cook these foods um, in the traditional way. So easy to prepare foods um, is top of mind. And that's one area that um, we're continuing to see a lot of growth in. But they're looking for, um, the, like I said, innovation across all the categories. Because over the last year, even, we're seeing uh, new options being brought to the table, whether it be in um, whole cuts of plant-based meat within the plant-based egg space, seafood, and um, even new options in plant-based dairy. So we're seeing that they're looking to see what's new, how can they integrate it, 
and um, they're ready to taste these foods and bring them back. I think it's really interesting that you, the, the comment you made about how some of these companies might not have the, the time or the resources to prepare these things in the traditional way. And then we throw in this wrench that nothing we're doing is necessarily traditional right now, right? So there's there's a need, even with the most simple applications, there's still a need to step outside of what's traditional and wrap your head, whether you're a culinary professional or whether you're putting the menus together or you run the whole business. You, you need to think untraditionally at a time when it's hard even to think traditionally. And that that lends, you know, it's a challenge and it's also an opportunity, like you said, for these um, companies that are making easy to prepare foods, you're taking some steps out of that process and, and making it very accessible to those who who see the opportunity, who want to get involved, who want to change their menus and become lower their footprint, whatever their goals are, um, the companies that are out there making that one or two steps easier for the buyer, for the chef in the end, seems like, you know, might have a chance of kind of getting their foot in the door because they're making life easier there and, and providing that simple application that they're looking for. Absolutely. It's like the next step after sampling. They may have tried it and then now if you make it really easy for them to then prepare it, then it also opens up the door to then um, explore other plant-based food options that they can add to their menu. You know, listening to both of you talk about this, it really, the thing that comes to my mind is um, that the fact that I think buyers really need to understand that plant-based is the key to unlock uh, more revenue potential, but also to help you meet your sustainability goals. And I, the reason I need to say that is not not because people don't know that. It's partly because uh, I think all of us here share the common passion for why plant-based foods needs to be the future. So we believe fundamentally, um, philosophically, that that is the direction we need to head in. But the fact of the matter is we're at a time where plant-based not only needs to be, but it actually can't be, can be the thing that can unlock more revenue and can be the thing that helps, especially in the case of bigger retail or food service providers, can help them actually walk the walk versus just claim that they're going to uh, start to shift to uh, more sustainable sourcing and they're going to make efforts. Plant-based is a tangible way to do that, a measurable way to do that. And maybe we need to be measuring more and maybe that's a a key lesson hopefully we can take away from uh, from the event this year is that, you know, we're not quantifying enough of how much of an impact we can make and what 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 certain players in the industry could make if they start to make some serious commitments and then follow up with those commitments. The factor of the matter is that the products exist, the innovation exists, the brands exist right now, and the interest from the buyer's side exists. What's missing is to unlock these choke points that that are in the middle, that are slowing things down, that are creating bottlenecks, that are, you know, it's back to this whole idea is that if you can unlock those connections, hopefully we can allow for the free flow of um, products, of solutions from one end to the other. So, you know, keeping that in mind, let's talk a little bit about the theme for this year, if there is one, right? I'd, I'd be curious for that. What do you think about when you look at the... Uh, plant-based world in September this year in New York. What what can people expect? What's going to be a little different from what's happened before? Um, as we said right in the beginning, we've got the benefit of you know all the experience of the last couple of years. How are you approaching this? I guess it's a question for you, Ben. How how, how are you approaching it at Plant-based World? 
Yeah, thanks, Neil. You know, I think it, the the broad general answer is that that we're we are growing into kind of our own space, I think, in the industry, and and are going to demonstrate for for the second year now our commitment to being a B two B organization. Um, so that's internally kind of our our goal is that everything that we do and when people show up at the event to those in the audience listening to us right now, perhaps who might be a, a buyer in retail or food service um, who's affected by these pain points that you just mentioned on a daily basis or to anyone else who is in the industry, looking to be in the industry, who is passionate about helping this get to a new place, this this industry get to a new place where it can flow a little more smoothly and the companies can have some more success, that our goal is to deliver on that and to, to continue to make it feel like it is a home for the B2B community here. Um, so to step back and take you through a little bit of the, the programming journey we've been on since 2019, in 2019, we just felt like the plant-based people, our community and the industry that was forming around it needed a place to call home. And so we had we had doctors and consumers join in with the buyers and the investors and the business folks so it could be a real celebration of plant-based. That's what was needed in 2019. Everyone loved it. We were ready to do that again in 2020, but the, the, the world had different plans and we've adjusted to that. Um, and so now... Last year, we still had to educate the business professionals a little bit on the why, um, the what, it, what is plant-based? How do you wrap your head around what plant-based products are? Why are people choosing plant-based or, or why should you even pay attention to it? Um, in 2021, there was a better understanding of that in the industry, but still a lot of need for us to take that step back um, and help people understand why they're here or why they should be here from that buyer perspective. This year, as we tapped into our advisors, as we worked with PBFA and the contacts that they have in the buying space, um, we got a much different response in terms of what are you looking to learn and what can we help you accomplish at our show? Um, and, it's, and, and the response was, we kind of get it at this point. We get what plant-based is. And this is particularly coming from uh, some, advi some advice we got from food service and, and also retail as well, that there's an understanding of Plant-based is a thing. I get what the products are. I get why the general reasons why people are choosing these products and my general need to move in this direction. That is understood. It's a baseline now. And so the question now, which is broad in itself, but it allows us to focus our attention and programming is how do I take these products and put it on my shelf or put it on my menus, whether I'm a retailer or, or, or a restaurant, right? And, and we can go in many directions with that. And we will be in through these different tracks at the conference um, but us as a programming team here have been able to sit down and say, how do we help the people who are looking to get these products on menus, get them effectively on menus? And how do we help the people who are looking to get these products on shelves, get them effectively on shelves? And that's a much different program and conference than what we've done in the past, which has been trying to touch on a lot of different things and get as many key voices involved as possible just to have a big, great conversation about these topics in general. For those who... Who, who purchased that full conference pass this year, who come in and, um, and want to really dive into the resources we have to offer, you're going to get a really specific download on, on what, what some strategies are, what some takeaways and some blueprints, some roadmaps could be for your type of establishment, what your goals are, what types of businesses you're looking to work with, how to collaborate with them, and how to leave the show with a strategy and some confidence that you can take this general understanding you have about what plant-based is and start delivering it to your customers in the way they want it to be delivered. 
Julie, anything you want to add to that? I, I think you've been in touch with a lot of uh, folks on the buying side, especially in retail, on that have uh, specific mandates around sustainability um, and uh, improving their ingredient sourcing how, how, and their product sourcing. What have you been hearing from them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really fair to, to speak to the commitment that they do have to sustainability. And like you said, in very tangible ways that we have a front seat to, that we're seeing happening, not talked about, but actually they're doing it and we're a part of those discussions. And uh, I, at Plant-Based World in September, I actually met with the Director of Sustainable Products uh, for Ahold, and we're continuing to work with them. Um, we're seeing that retailers are establishing plant-based targets. And when that happens, and that's based on LCA inf- information, you know, life cycle analysis to understand they really want to know what the environmental impact of plant-based foods. If they're making these decisions based on that, they want to know the facts behind it. And we're being able to answer that as well um, at this show. And and they're talking about the triple bottom line. You know, we know that they have to be profitable. They, they know they have to be profitable to, to, to be able to be in business, but sustainability and social responsibility are measurements that they're holding themselves to. And when, when plant-based targets are set, that is now the, the activities become check the box to make sure you're hitting those targets. So whether that's merchandising research or um, um, whatever activities, you know, marketing events, those types of things, those become mandates to meet those targets and like you said, I'm unlocking budgets to meet those ESG goals. So it's happening. It's definitely happening, which is extremely exciting for us. You know, like we talked about the values and the community that we're building. I feel like that, you know, I, I think we all agree that the community that's built is based on the passion around exactly what we're talking about. That this goes much deeper than the sales of food. It's creates t- into yeah it's tapping into the values that i've been in the grocery industry for quite some time and i've not ever seen this in my career and it's (laughs) why we're here why i'm here (laughs) and so you know this could be a question for julie or sabina either of you can chime in here but um I'm, i'm curious what are you hearing from your member companies or brands in the space why is it that they're looking at plant based world as a as an event they need to be at uh every year what are they specifically hoping to um, get out of this event? Besides, of course, connections. We know that. We've discussed that a little bit. But is there a, is there a bigger sense that maybe this can be a forum where uh, we can maybe start to have these deeper conversations that the industry as a whole? And when I say industry, I mean the plant-based food industry, but I also really think that the industry doesn't exist without the broader components of the ecosystem, which are the retailers and the food service providers. So I guess, you know, really, what is it that they're hoping that this event will get for them? Um, What is their intention going into it? Uh, I can speak to that now um, based on what's happened over the past couple of years. And that is with, let's say it's 110,000 restaurants closing, that equated to a, an incredible boost to grocery retail. And now that that part of the industry is faced with maintaining that growth to the best of their ability. And we know that plant-based foods is a growth driver 
of total sales. It's outpacing total sales, et cetera. So it's really about making sure that they're staying ahead. How can they continue and not lose market share and being able to come to a show like this to be able to be on the cutting edge to see what's next. They're asking about what's next. And, and you can't, you know, ignore the fact that, again, it just goes back to that sense of community. They know they're going to, to learn uh, something that they can't learn anywhere else. They're going to be able to have conversations with people that they couldn't have, you know, experts, true experts in the industry. So it does come back to to that first part of the, <laughs> the triple bottom line. Uh but uh, there's also that underpinning of, of, of the community and the cause. Yeah, I think the underpinning of the community and the cause is a huge underlying factor that plays into the, the community that's felt throughout the trade show. So the two days of the show that though each company is there to share, showcase their foods to buyers, they are also, they know that they're within community that, the other founders, the other leaders of these other companies are share, have a shared goal. And I think having that sense of community as they're having these interactions fuels them that they're part of something bigger. And I think that buyers feel that when they enter this space, that this feels more meaningful for them because they can see the passion, not just for a company selling their food, but because they care so deeply of selling the food for a reason beyond uh, just revenue. So I think that's that's there as um, an energy that goes throughout the show. And I think beyond that is to your point, Julie, that with the existing triple bottom line, that companies also were aware of that. They are um, showcasing um, on their packaging LCA information. They're able to provide that information. Oftentimes, um, distributors and food service operators will ask our companies what um you know, how, like how much more impactful for the environment is your food compared to um, an animal-based product. So with that awareness from distributors and food service are, um, and retailers, uh, our members are stepping up and being able to showcase and really present that even beyond it being inherently a plant-based foods that, food that's better for the environment, they're taking additional steps, whether it be about their packaging, whether it be around the ingredients that they're sourcing, that they're able to tell that story and then draw them in, like you were saying, with that retailers and food service, they want to hear those stories. They want to be excited about these these foods. So I think that this allows them to go to so many companies all at once, but have each story stand out. And then it's like more memorable for them to walk away from. And then I was going to mention that with um, the huge variety of foods that are available, it's even from the food service side, that with the option, if companies have a sustainability goal, they're often going to have to look at how to make plant-based foods a default choice so that they can have more impact with their sustainability um, impact and their goals. So with the wide variety available, that's more, no, more of a reality now. They can look at how much of these foods are available, that they can meet essentially every need that there is across what traditional recipes and menu items they may have, and our members can meet that. So I think that having um, our companies know this story and be able to connect better with what the buyer's needs are, this is a really excellent platform for that to happen. Thank, thanks, Sabina. I'd love to follow up on that um, to discuss a little bit more about the, the conference program. And of course, over the last few years, 
plant-based world and PBFA. I've been closely linked in an advisory capacity and, and moderating of panels that, that both you and, and Julie have have taken on the responsibility for. Um, this year, we we took we've taken even an even bigger step into the collaborations here, um, particularly because there are some topics and some areas that. PBFA is really seeing as key areas here to be touching on that you want to be taking the lead on to be moderating, facilitating these discussions with the right leaders from throughout the community. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about maybe a preview of what some of those topics are? Um, what are some of those areas that that within the PBFA ecosystem um, you've kind of pointed out as let's let's start here and let the conversation unfold? I'll start. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. I think one of the uh, the more exciting concepts and research that's being conducted is measuring displacement. Are we actually, is, is are, are shoppers actually reducing their animal-based food intake in favor of plant-based foods and to what degree? So we've actually launched a, a research project with Kroger using shopper data to be able to determine that. And uh, there's also a consumer insight component of that. So to understand the actual behavior and then what's what's the why behind this. And we're presenting those results at the show um, on a panel with uh, key Kroger uh, leaders and very excited about that. And the, the other piece, you know, we often create member calls, you know, what we call member solution calls. And the topic or the question has come up about inflation. And then we've continued, of course, that's on, it's on top, the top of everyone's mind. So we're also partnering with, um, with Mintech and all hold to talk about how, how can we manage through this? You know, what's unique about this inflationary cycle. We know that it's as a result of something that's unprecedented, it's created an environment, an economic environment that is incredibly challenging. And what does that mean for plant-based foods? So creating strategies and providing <clears throat> really, um, uh, fact-based information because Mintech is the in the um, leader in pricing modeling and they have a dedicated focus to plant-based foods, which is outstanding. So those are a couple of the panels we can talk about. Uh, Sabino, I'll uh, hand it over to you. Yeah, that's I'm excited about those sessions. And also we, uh, PBFA is really committed to justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And one area that we're excited to dive in deeper at this show is doing a whole session that's really focused on celebrating diversity and what that means for the industry. So we are going to have a session that's uh, that's exclusively for the BIMPOC community, so Black, Indigenous, multiracial, and people of color, and have a conversation about how to grow your brand, how to get retail ready, and how to best navigate financial landscapes to help build capital so that you can pave your own path. So for companies that are BIMPOC-led, we are going to create a space um, through this session to really celebrate what the opportunities are. Uh, but we don't want to stop there. What, uh, what's going to follow this session is that we are going to open it up to a networking um, opportunity, networking event, where we will invite the buyers and the community um, to join in and celebrate these brands that are on that or have already entered this space, those that are wanting to and have be raise some familiarity and have exposure for these uh, BIMPOC led brands. And also, um, you know, meet some suppliers, uh, the, the uh, meet the buyers um, goals around supplier diversity. Uh, we know that there's retailers and food service operators are looking to include more uh, suppliers that 
uh, come from diverse backgrounds. And it's really exciting because the bigger picture for that is that uh, we're not speaking to only one type of person. Like these foods are made for everybody. And how, but you can't say that unless they're at the table. So how do we bring in more people of color and bring in more diversity across the board so that these folks are making these foods, these people are purchasing these foods, this industry represents what we're trying to achieve. So this session is really going to be that first step in that direction. And we're really excited to have um, this conversation with the community and have them feel heard, ask questions that they um, need responses to, and then really opening it up and celebrating this um, opportunity to um, explore diversity in this space and how we can do better. And uh, really excited about this session. And we're, we're so excited for that session in particular, of course, everything that was just mentioned and the rest that we haven't quite uh, had had the chance to, to dive into and we'll be getting into over the course of this series in the next few months of promoting the conference. Um, but what Sabina just mentioned and the focus on diversity, social justice is it's an exciting way for us as as individuals and organizations in the space who have all come here out of some passion to make the world a better place to, to walk that walk and to see real progress take place. And we're taking a step into this. You know, it's not necessarily what is typically discussed at business to business conferences or has been, um, you know, front and center in, in this world for a long time, you know, but we feel like because of the reasons why both of our organizations were founded, um, that, that it's the right time for us to, to start having, what may be seen as difficult discussions, they're, they're a little out of the box, but we're bringing people to the table to so that we can learn from them, so we can give new voices uh, an opportunity to speak. And it, it, it lends into, I think, what will make this year's show, um, when we do gather in person in, in New York in September, a little bit more special um, than any of the previous ones. And of course, in 2019, we were just launching, and so that was special and different. In 2021, we were kind of relaunching with a new concept and in a year when many people had very reasonable reasons not to come to a trade show, right? So it was a, it was a miracle that we held it and it was as successful as it was. This year, 2022, it's, it's kind of an opportunity that we're established and, and there's no good reason not to come, right? There's everyone who, who really wants to be there, I think will find a way to be there. And that will make it special in itself. But on top of that, this relationship between Plant-Based World and the Plant-Based Foods Association um, we've taken another step in solidifying our alignment on our values. And, and what Sabina was just mentioning is a core piece of that, um, that we can look and say, hey, we're, we're doing we're advancing the plant based marketplace because these are the things that we believe in. But we also can re- recognize now that simply going out there and focusing on just recruiting more plant based food companies isn't necessarily enough there. We've hit these challenges and roadblocks and there's so many variables out there that defining what it is that we're here to do and and using the language and the the themes and and even the the emotional terminology that draws us all to be waking up every day and focusing on these issues um, is something that I'm looking forward to seeing coming to life. So we have the plant-based world and plant-based foods association shared values that we're writing down and and collaborating on that will then lead to okay, if these are our values, we can have a session on this topic that maybe other events wouldn't necessarily see the need to focus on, or we can have a networking session for these types of folks so that we can um, advance this conversation and bring it all back to 
our core model, which is how do we advance businesses in the space? How do we increase profitability in those different areas where the bottom line now incorporates, right? It's, it's financial, it's also social, it's also sustainable. Um, so that whether you're someone who's out here to change the world and wants new resources and partners and collaborators, or you're working for you know, a big food corporation that's just trying to tackle these trends and stay on top of you know, the evolving portfolios, you can understand how all of these pieces play a role and that diversity and recruiting uh, company partners that are that are founded and run by members of the BIMPOC community can actually increase your bottom line. And you don't just have to be here for ethical reasons. You can be here for your purely business purposes, but understanding these ethical, emotional, motivating factors is essential to that. And we'll, we'll be talking more about this in future episodes, I'm sure, but we've also recruited a, a great opening keynote speaker for day one, um, author um, Eve Turo Paul, who does a lot of amazing work and digging into the deeper emotional motivators behind consumer behaviors and food and lifestyle trends, which will be kicking off day one of the conference. Before we dive into the specifics in the conference program, we'll have a keynote that can really look at who are your customers um, not only with what they're buying at the end of the day, but what they are feeling, what they're yearning for, what they're longing for as human beings that will then encourage them to choose products that are aligned with that and to you as businesses can, can serve most effectively. And so with all of that, you know, we get excited that this year is, is kind of taking a bigger step into embodying this role that we all, you know, I think got excited about being involved in when we started working in this space. Yeah. I love that, Ben. I think that captures it perfectly. And uh, to, if we're going to do like a behind the scenes here, I think this is a really good example of that this session didn't just come, um, wasn't just put on a piece of paper and, um, you know, decided on. It, it, it was an evolution of bringing this up even for um, when we were hoping to have the show in 2020 that, you know, I, um, looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, like how are we talking about this? And it's important. And how are you, how are we doing that? And that show, you know, was postponed. And then we were, um, we did integrate it in many ways um, into the 2021 show, but how do we, how can we do it more um, in, a, in a more deliberate way in 2022? It required a lot of conversations um, between the two organizations and aligning. Like when we talk about, we lined on values, it may sound very simple, but it's, um, it's a, uh, we're two organizations that have overlap, but we are two different organizations. So aligning on what our values were, where were we going to commit to, what what can we um, start with, and then even think about what we want to do in the future. Like a lot of these this um, these important topics were discussed, and it wasn't always easy. Um, and I, I well, I'm just really grateful that we were able to create that space for each other and have these conversations, so that the community can benefit from that. Like us having these um, challenging conversations open it up for more opportunities for uh, suppliers, but also the buyers to see this. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what comes out of this and how do we, what, like what's next? How do we keep uh, pushing the needle on this and um, see a shift in the way um, the, the diversity that exists and so that we really feel this is an inclusive movement and industry. So just uh, thank you for that. It might be a good moment to give a quick shout out and thank you to some of our partners at, at Target um, who have inspired a lot of this as well, because and you'll be hearing from some of those folks on panels and perhaps in this series moving forward that, that they have a uh, supplier diversity program 
Um, and, and this exists throughout the industry, but Target has come to the table as a, a leading partner for us wanting to be involved in, in this particular segment, that they are going out and seeking products that fit, that are, that are being uh, pioneered by diverse leaders because there's a huge business opportunity and social opportunity there. It's a combination of the two that is causing major corporations like this to focus um, on these kinds of things. And so for us to be able to just amplify that dialogue and bring those groups together, um, you know, is very exciting. I'll add that I, I want to invite everyone to come to the plant-based foods association booth while you're at the show. Uh, you'll be able to meet with um, experts in policy and marketplace and, um, also be able to see uh, a lot of this work that's just been talked about around diversity and equ equity and inclusion, BIMPOC um, demonstrated and, and products made available and, and ways to learn even more. So personal invitation to please come by. And, you know, I think that the, if you look at a lot of the narrative around uh, in the, in the trade press, I suppose, around uh, the plant-based foods sector in general, or just the food industry that is largely controlled by a few big, big corporate interests and big players in the industry. It's it's easy to get a little skeptical if you just believe everything you read, right? Because you, because of course everything you that's written about it doesn't necessarily reflect the entire reality of this space. Um, which is why it's really I'm glad we're making room for this discussion because. Uh, I think it's time for us to define the narrative versus let uh, others do that for this industry. Uh, I think, you know, you can call this the the council that's going to keep the soul of the industry going, but uh, I, I think it, it's still here. You know, the, the feeling we had back in 2018 when I first talked to Ben and he had this idea of a trade show, um, and my response was, I, I, I feel like, I always, I, I think the space needs one. I just have no idea how to pull together a trade show. So I hope you know. Um, and and I also remember recommending, well, if you're going to pull together a trade show, you need the trade association that represents this industry involved. And but here we are now, and 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 today I find, and I'm sure all of you share this. You find yourselves defending plant-based foods, and I've, you know, I've I asked tough questions of people in the industry. I've I've questioned motives of some founders and some co some companies as well um and you know there are multiple paths to scale a food company and there is the tried and true path which is you know obtain the cheapest possible ingredients make uh, the most trendy products slap some really amazing labels on the packaging and uh do some uh expensive marketing uh, and of course, establish a really good sales team that goes out and touches base with all the big buyers, uh, obviously oversimplifying, uh, and innovate when it comes to products, and, and you're going to be successful. But none of what I just said, even though it's an oversimplification, touches on the, 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 sort of the complexities involved in making those decisions, the trade-offs that are made when you choose certain ingredients over the other, certain suppliers over the others, certain co-manufacturers, um, and who you hire, who you uh, bring into the fold. And I think the point of all this is I'm, what I'm trying to get to is I think the industry still has its soul and wants to do better. And not only just people who are manufacturing products, we're hearing it from buyers as well. I think there is this need to create a better food system and we can point to the 
you know, 50 things that are wrong with it, of course, uh, and that people are not getting right. But why not put some more energy into uh, creating something that could replace that, uh, maybe not overnight, but over time. And I think that's what's unique about this space um, and about the fact that we uh, perhaps have all our own individual agendas, but we share much more than we actually uh, don't share, which is which is unique. I think in a in a generally from a from a professional standpoint, I find that pretty unique about this this industry. You know, as we start to wind down this conversation, I, I want to sort of touch on one more thing related to this year's show. Um, it may be a tough question to answer, but if you look at this event for this year in September, like how would you define success? Like what would be the maybe top three or even if just one thing you can think of that you'd love to see come out of it um, that you can look back and say, well, we, we got it right. We, that, that was a success. You can measure success in multiple ways. So I'd love to hear from each one of you what would you measure success as and what your top three criteria would be. Yeah, I I have three. I think that um, kind of looking at the different uh, purposes of what this conference is, is that like one, I would want our PBFA members, uh, retail food service distribution partners and companies to agree that they made meaningful and productive connections, that in those interactions at this show were meaningful them were meaningful for them and likely that they're going to be back the following year. I think number two would be that um, our co- conference attendees uh, gain insightful knowledge that they can directly uh, that can directly advance their work. So wanting to, the the programming to really feel um, applicable to the work that they're doing. And I guess the third one is not measurable unless they say yes or no. But uh, are they leaving with you know are they in, feeling inspired and energized from being at this show? And did we were we able to reinforce the feeling that each of us can be agents for change? in the work that we do. And that spans across everybody from the, the buyer community to the com- companies making these foods because they're here to make work towards a better food system to a better for a better industry, make better choices. We're all trying to do this together. And each of us play a role in being agents of change in this and leaving this conference with that feeling for me would be one, maybe not measurable, but hopefully um, a, a way w- that we can define success. Thanks, Sabina. I guess I'll, I'll uh, chime in. Um, really excellent. So there's some certainly some some overlap. Um, one of the things I'll add is that we have a deeper understanding of the consumer now. And to your point, so Nell, in talking about having to fend plant-based foods and and the whole idea that you were explaining. And uh, the reasons why people are consuming plant-based foods is you know, the real existential crisis that we're all facing around health and global warming and, and, you know, understanding that um, we're here, we're already making the difference. We're having some of those measured success already. Like we're building upon what has been success. And we've talked about a lot of that today. So consumers aren't going to um, accept poor quality. There's a backlash with that. This is a certain type of consumer at this stage of, of the game. I will say that as the industry scales and which is this is a key part of um, and, uh, you know, it's more ex- accessible to the entire population. I'm not saying that quality is not going to be important. It's always going to be important. There's a certain expectation around plant based foods because 
face it, you know, it's hard to give up meat and dairy for a lot of people. So, you know, being able to make those connections with uh, ingredient suppliers and, and pushing forth the, um, or the success of the domestic sourcing supply initiative that retailers are asking for that we're, we're leading, you know, making those connections to be able to sustainably grow. And I do mean sustainably, both in numbers and sustainably grow. And so making those connections with quality ingredients, ensuring supply. So there's confidence in the industry around supply, because that's an, another question that we get a lot. So I think this is a, you know, a, a wonderful opportunity. So being able to see the results of that, I think will define success. And, um, and I, I can't help but talk about data because I live and breathe it and um, it's measurable. So we know how many SKUs we know, we track it every year. We know, we know how many SKUs and how many brands and, and to be able to see that grow year over year um, and, and hear from the members as we do that, that this expansion was due to a meeting that I had at Plant-Based World. Um, we can actually measure that and we do measure it and we publish it every year. So being able to see those numbers grow and be able to um, to share that with the industry to understand the true uh, dollar opportunity that this that this industry does um, provide. Thanks, Julie. And I'll I'll add in. First off, looking forward to uh, getting to the point where we can look back and measure some of those items and kind of see how we did um, in in hitting those goals and and those uh, you know markers for success. From my perspective. Success. I call this measurable, even though it's maybe not as quantifiable as some of the other methods we discussed. Um, but it goes back a little bit to know what you were just saying before you asked this question about that soul and spirit of the event and the industry. Um, and and from my perspective, I call it measurable because I have so many conversations over the course of the two days that I'm sure at the end I can tell you how many folks I talked to that had this experience. Um, but I like to look at the soul and spirit of the show. It's not a black and white, you know, set in stone kind of thing. It's not like there's these people over here are here because it's a spirit thing. And these people are just here for business and we don't mix. It's it, it, it the spirit only grows in this industry. Right. Um, and many of us come. We wouldn't miss a plant based world for the for for anything because it's where our people are. And, and it's it makes us just happy to be there. And of course, it's a productive time for business. And then there's a lot of people who come because it's another event on the calendar for, that they're being asked to go to for their job as a salesperson or a buyer. Um, but that doesn't mean that's all they have to experience when they get there. And one of the things that has been most meaningful to me is the conversations I have at our shows where someone who showed up because this is something on their professional calendar, but has an experience at the show that makes them leave feeling more connected to a community. Um, that, that they become, we recruit folks into the soul and spirit of the show simply by holding that space and having that intention that there's something happening here that is, of course, relevant to your business, but is also bigger than that. And tapping into this wealth of emotional charge and passion, um, whether it's from us, those putting on the event and creating the program or from the companies that are building these massive booths and shipping them around the country and preparing food, specially for the attendees, um, that there's this huge opportunity for folks to come in and leave with some new perspective or some deeper sense of connection. Um, and, and I can, I get to measure that because I get to talk to so many of them. And, and at the end I can say, you know, a handful had this feedback. Um, and, and Neil, I think that's something that, that a story you told from the very first show is like overhearing a conversation in the restroom at some point where you start to pick up on, 
these conversations where someone's had almost this little awakening moment of, oh, this is different. There's something different happening here. This community and this this segment of of my business world has something special going on. And, and maybe that um, lends them to take a deeper step in with their work or maybe even personally explore it a little bit. And that's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the cherry on top for, for anyone who can come for business reasons and feel leaving, leave feeling with a little more of a personal connection to our space and our mission and, and what we do and recruiting them in that way. Uh, and that kind of leads me into what I think we kind of framed as would be our, our closing question here about why collaboration and community is so essential to, to what we do and what this event is. Um, so I'll give my thoughts and then I'll, I'll pass it over to the rest of y'all to, to close things out. Um, but in the spirit of what I was just saying, you know, I feel like we've reached this point where it would be naive and irresponsible of us, even as leaders and experts, so to speak, in this space, to claim that we have all or even most of the answers right now. Um, and there are so many questions. There are so many roadblocks, whether it's getting products off of boats and into the country and on trucks and how to get those trucks to stores, whether it's how to communicate the nuances of the, the health effects and the sustainability implications of each of these companies and where they fall on that spectrum, uh, whether it's getting in the head of a chef who's you know been working in a kitchen for 40 years and is all of a sudden being tasked with doing things completely differently um, or using ingredients that they've never used before and, and wrapping, wrapping their mind around that. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And, and we don't have every answer. We're not claiming to say that you show up, you're going to leave a perfect expert on all this because frankly, they, the answers don't exist. What does exist is a community that is dedicated to reaching solutions, to coming together and sharing what our pain points are so that through simply talking about what problems we're facing, solutions will arise. And that's something that's hard to do when you're just staring at screens and, and meeting on Zoom and not able to taste those foods and shake each other's hands. It's, it's hard to really feel into what your colleagues and your other, you know, the, your, the people who are in similar positions are experiencing and to come up with solutions. And so um, my, my point to end on would just be, you know, come and join us, whether you're, no matter what side you fall on on this discussion, um, just come and be a part of this dialogue so that we can provide resources to you and you can provide resources to us. And together, you know, we can take some steps forward to uh, advancing our businesses and making the world a, a better, healthier place in the process. And Sabine, I'll pass it to you next, just so we can go around and uh, get everyone's thoughts before we close out. Yeah. Well, I think to your point is that we don't we don't have all the answers and we are getting started. We've we've really established ourselves, but we are still I think we still don't know yet what's possible from what's possible with plants, plant based foods and really consider that plants can provide this quadruple win, though, when done right. And I mean, done right when it's um, being done mindfully and holistically with a sustainability in mind that we can have a positive impact on health, our environment, social justice, food security, by shifting to eating more plants and reducing animal consumption. And the time is now. So we've been gaining traction and now's not the time to slow down. We have a planet to save and each of us can play a role in creating a future that is bright for the next generation. So I invite everyone to be a part of this, like Ben said, and see you in September. 
super hard acts to follow, but I'm just going to acknowledge the, uh, I hate to take it away from values because I think we've made it clear, <laughs> um, but I'll just say to to our, our retail audience and, our, and our, the members or brands, of course, that um, the retail and food service industry is extraordinarily challenging. And what our industry has experienced in the past two years speaks to the resili- resiliency of of our industry. It's just something to really, you know, hats off to the to the, the commitment to growth. So my point is, is that we give um, the opportunity to feel good about something in a, in a rather difficult day in and day out, brutal business. And uh, I, I think that that's, uh, if nothing else, you know, we provide that opportunity and all get together and be able to celebrate that. I don't have much more to add to that, except I actually want to say, go back to something Sabina said earlier, which I think sort of sums this whole thing up pretty well. You know, we've been talking about connection, collaboration, why this space feels different. It has a soul. And I think when you use the term agents of change, it really made me like, it really captured everything for me in one, in three simple words. I mean, I think that's what we should aspire to do, which is get people in the broader food industry uh, to recognize that they have the power to uh, be agents of change themselves. They can go in within their companies and make the case for why uh, plant-based is the more sustainable, is the more revenue generating, is the more profitable, is the right option to go for, and why. And because of their ability to connect and collaborate with others in the space who now they've gotten to know uh, at a personal level because they've met them in person at a, at the, at plant-based world, uh, those decisions and that work becomes that much easier and that much more enjoyable as they go back home and they start to connect the dots within their own companies and organizations. So I think agents of change is what sums it up. That should literally be what we're aspiring to do this year. Uh, we should hand out badges that say that, if possible. It's a little corny, but I think it will do the trick. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think this year is going to undoubtedly feel special and different for many, many reasons. Uh, we probably will say that every year, but I do think we get smarter, more ambitious, uh, and at the same time, a lot more humble about the the shortcomings that exist within the space and how we need to keep striving to do better. And I think that's that's important to keep in mind as well. So I'm going to close this out. Thank you, everyone. I, I feel I can keep talking to you for hours, but uh, it's been great to have the three of you on together on this episode. Um, I'm sure this will be the first of many such conversations. Ben, uh, thank you for joining me as co-host of this episode. And Sabina and Julie, uh, I really appreciate your insights, your friendship, and your partnership. Um, can't wait to see what we do next with this partnership and many more things to come. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Mel. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Nil Zacharias. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to show your support, please subscribe to the show and rate and review it. To learn more about this podcast or my work, go to eftp.co. That's eftp.co. Thank you for listening.